It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am Randy Fine, and if you've been listening to me for a while, you may have heard me say that I don't think I'm from this planet, um, that I, I think I'm an alien because <clears throat> nothing about this planet sort of jives with me physically, emotionally. Uh, I just don't feel like I'm at home here. So that's what I'm really, that's why I'm really excited to have this guest today to talk about this topic. So let me ask you, do you have a strong intuition inexplicable knowledge or even an empathic empathic nature do you have an unexplainable connection to the stars planets and galaxies when you look at the night sky if so you may be a star seed star seeds are advanced alien souls from higher planes of existence spiritually advanced intuitive people who were sent to this world to help it heal and grow since they are bound to a human form, many starseeds may not yet realize that they are, in fact, starseeds. And while not an entirely new concept, starseeds have been gaining traction as of late within and outside the New Age community. In today's special guest, Whitney Jefferson Evans' book, The Beginner Guide, Beginner's Guide to Starseeds, <clears throat> she offers a look at who starseeds are and where they come from, as well as their innate skills and spiritual sensitivities. <coughs> she shares fascinating insight into the unique personalities and nature of starseeds and helps you figure out if you are a starseed too. Perfect for anyone hoping to change the world or curious about different dimensions. This book is an illuminating and enlightening look at life on a higher plane of existence. Whitney Jefferson Evans is a spiritual seeker. She spent the years of 2015 through 2018 studying the energy healing modality of Reiki, where she completed all four levels of training and eventually received the title of Reiki Master. She spends her time learning about other healing modalities and using herself as a test subject for the latest in wellness trends. Through her studies, she's received certificates in crystal Reiki and color psychology. In her day job, Whitney currently serves as Deputy Editorial Director and Director of Pop Culture at BuzzFeed, where she manages a bi-coastal team and oversees all entertainment content for BuzzFeed. Welcome, Whitney. It's great to have you. Thank you so, so much. I'm so thrilled to be here and talk about this book. And apparently you have a lot of experiences that seem to fit with them. So I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So, you know, I touched on what a star seed is, but I'm going to let you really explain it to us. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, I do want to thank you for that excellent introduction. You really hit a lot of the points that I'm going to talk about. But basically, at its most simple definition, a starseed is a person or a being or a soul who chose to incarnate on Earth 
at this specific time period to help expand its consciousness and basically elevate us and elevate the entire world. Okay. Pretty good. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's pretty simple. Okay, so <laughs> how do we know if we're a starseed? What are the traits we look for? Sure. Well, there's a lot of uh, traits that starseeds share. So um, one of the big ones that you mentioned is being empathic in general. Lots of people who feel that they are a starseed or have connected with a side of themselves um, have a lot of empathic traits. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you talk a lot about empaths in your work and in your totally. Field, so um, yeah, exactly. But I don't need to go deep into that. But that's mm-hmm. one that's pretty universal. Most starseeds definitely can relate to that. Um, another big one is that they're really unique people. Um, they're kind of the people that you would, you would say they're letting their freak flag fly. Um, <laughs> they don't bend to societal norms. They don't really care about, you know, the trends and what's popular. They know what they want, what they like, and they're not going to bend to what, you know, society says because they have this deep inner knowing of who they are. So they tend to be these unique characters I would say <laughs> okay um and I don't know if you I don't know if you can relate to that I personally can for sure oh my gosh um, I can unique. I have never I have never liked rules and regulations I've always been um you know just yeah yeah rules and regulations just don't jive with me at all yes okay well that's what I'm just gonna say is yes the Starseeds tend to really hate rules, regulations, um, people in this, like, of authority. So it could be, you know, as big and broad as the government, or it could be, you know, just the boss that you can't understand, like, whether they are the way they are. You really, Starseeds have a lot of trouble, um, you know, taking these, you know, rules and regulations from people, as you said, probably because they know that, you know, outside of this planet, it's not, it's not quite like this. And so they just have very little tolerance for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for lack of a better term, the BS that goes on on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So definitely, <clears throat> against the they also tend to have this cosmic affinity for the planets, for the stars. Um, they may, you know, they may have studied, you know, they might have actually gone to school to learn about, you know, the cosmos and the planets and, this, you know, astronomy, or they might just, you know, be a casual star viewer. Um, a lot of stars, I know, have either um, experienced in their lives, you know, finding themselves just glaring off into the, you know, to the skies to see, and they feel this feeling of either homesickness or, you know, missing and longing for that place. So it kind of can span across either being super, super into, you know, space and what's out in the great beyond, or maybe you just really like, you love the moon, you love the stars, you you feel an affinity there. Um, I know, I believe you said you're quite a moon person, so it sounds like you could relate in that sense as well. Yeah, I love the full, I mean, the full moon just fascinates me. I just can't stop looking at it, and I can't figure out why. I just can't. <laughs> you know, one well, of the things that you, there. Yeah, one <laughs> of the things that you say is um, feel passionately about the earth, the environment, and the animals who live here. I feel passionate about the animals who live here, but I'm not really passionate about the earth or the environment. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Really, you know, I think it's, yeah, it, I think it's definitely different for everyone. I also want to know, and we get into this a little bit more in the book, but, you know, if you are a star seed and you believe that you have this star lineage, you know, it can be, you know, well, we don't, I don't want to speak, I'm no, I'm no scientist, but uh, I believe 
believe that we haven't even t- scratched the surface of what else is out there in space. I know, you know, we know our galaxy, we know a few galaxies, you know, next to us, but I really think that the possibilities are potentially limitless. And so you could have, you know, incarnated from a planet that isn't like earth at all. You know, it could, it, you mm-hmm. know, it's not Terra in that way. Um, you know, in my book, we go into a bunch of different types of star seeds and, you know, if you come from a specific, you know, star system like Sirius and you're Syrian, you generally have a really big affinity for water because it's believed that, you know, it's a very water focused planet there and they don't have, you know, trees and things. So actually could mean that, you know, you're not necessarily into the earth and mountains and, you know, the, the earthly, right. uh, you know, I'm places, not. but maybe you have an affinity for something else. So right. are you a water exactly. person? <laughs> I mean, I love the water. I love being near the water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aww. I'm not necessarily somebody who gets in it that much, but yeah, and we're going to, I want to go through the common star, um, star lineages of star seeds. Uh, but awesome. let's see. One of the things that you say is you often feel homesick for a place that isn't here on earth because your true home is in the stars. <clears throat> That's me. Exactly. Like, yeah. I just can't wait to get off this planet. You know, it's not that I want to <laughs> die. I just can't wait to get off of it. <laughs> Well, tell me more about that. So, so fascinating. Yeah. um, I felt that way for a while. It's just, um, I don't know. I I just don't, I I, I don't, my body is is different. It doesn't adjust to the environment here. Um, It's, and it's not in huge ways that could be like diagnosed, diagnosed by a doctor. Just, I don't adjust. Um. When I go to doctors, they're baffled because what works for, for most people never works for me. What works for me would work for nobody else. Um, and I was telling you before we got on that my chiropractor tells me he's just waiting for the, the, the spaceship to come down, open up its door to come get me when, <laughs> when I'm there because he's seen the most odd things about the behavior of, of my body. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, it's just food. I have tons of food sensitivities. I don't really enjoy eating, <laughs> but I do. Um, yeah. You know, all of the so it's like, things, right. yeah, all the things that, you know, that make us human. And I don't really understand. Um, I don't really like the nature of, um, of the human race currently. <laughs> I really don't like what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I can relate to that, especially lately. Yes, um, and I I would say yeah, a lot of what you're saying does fall in line with what other starseeds have said. They just don't feel at home here at Earth. They feel out of place, no matter what they do. They just never really feel at home here. And I mm-hmm. talked about this a little bit in the book. You know, sometimes it can turn into you know an extreme thing where people feel so ostracized from society, where you know they end up you know, living on their own or out in the woods because they just really cannot handle, you know, other human beings, um, which is well, something a lot of starseeds say. Um, so you're not alone in that. I and mean, hopefully you're not completely ostracized from society yourself, which obviously you're not. We're talking right now. I'm not. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, can, it can, you know, manifest itself in that way. Um, so you're not alone in feeling that way at all. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I hope um, I hope my listeners are identifying with this. Okay, so let's talk about the common star lineage of star seeds from the different yes. locations. Okay. Yes. Sure. <clears throat> um, well, like I said, there are. I really do believe almost you know 
and responsibilities of where a starseed could be from, but we touched on, you know, some of the most common ones in this book. Um, do you have one that you actually feel an affinity to that you want me to, you know, start well, on? I or, don't know. Or let's see. Like, well, let's just, let's just go down them. The Pleiadians. Yes. What is the, yes. Okay. So ple- <clears throat> yeah, ple- Pleiadians are great. Um, I definitely have an affinity to the Pleiadians. They are they are really interesting people who like to daydream and they're really artistic. Um, they I know I know a lot of people feel that way as well, but they really really are in tune with their intuition. So a lot of times they're really um, talented artistic beings who, you know, either are. It could be in any of the arts, so maybe they are amazing painters or they can draw beautiful things or they're just really, really a beautiful dancer. They just somehow can access this amazing, amazing artistic expression, which is really common in Pleiadians, which is very cool. Um, they love the earth a lot. They really love the earth, so they tend to be really you know, eco-conscious, eco-friendly people. Um, they love the animals, and they really, really appreciate the beauty of our planet. So maybe this one might not be you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much. Before, wait, until you got to that point, I was going to say, oh, I'm a Pleiadian. Okay. So the Syrians. <laughs> and I do want to know. Yeah, it could be. I do want to know, though, and um, we have a quiz in the book that you can kind of figure out potentially what your star lineage is. But I do want to note that you can have, you know, you can have multiple star lineages. You potentially could have lived many previous lives on different planets and in different incarnations. So um, sometimes people, I've heard even going through the book, they really resonate with, you know, a couple of these. Some people resonate with just one. Um, And then some people who have, you know, connected with their star lineages have been able to say, yes, actually, I do have lineages in both. So uh, it's not necessarily cookie cutter. You're one or the other. Just one is to note that. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Syri- um, so what about Syrians? Syrians are awesome. Love Syrians. So I mentioned just as we were talking before, um, they're from, you know, the, the Sirius star system, which is really well known. And, and you can go up and look in the sky and see it, which is really cool. Um, so I do think that that's something that, uh, you know, the homesickness for the planet uh, is something that I think Syrians all have because it's something that we can see in our night sky and they really, really can relate. But uh, the biggest thing about Syrians is they're very, very highly intuitive, highly ascended. They're very, very, very intelligent people. Um, and they really um, apparently have incarnated on Earth because they want to better understand human beings and they want to really help us. So they tend to be these calming presences in our lives um, they really are here to help us. They do love the water, and, and by loving water, it doesn't mean just swimming in it. Um, maybe they want to live by it. Maybe they have, you know, rituals where they walk by the beach every day, by a river, um, anything like that, because that star system is known for being water-based. So that be the connection right. there. Yeah. Um, they also really, really feel emotions very deeply, so that really ties into, you know, empathic nature. Um, but they also can be very, very quiet. So most series aren't loud and boisterous. They don't really want a lot of attention. Um, they tend to be kind of quiet, sensitive souls, um, and they're very, very spiritual as well. Oh, okay. You just described me all the way. All right, Yay! so I'm a Syrian. <laughs> so I come from Sirius. Awesome. Okay. Um, I love it. Orions. Who are the Orions? Orions? Oh, wait. We'll be bump over to the Orions. I just wanted to say, since you do relate to the Syrians, I wanted to know that they're also known as like unique people and they have really, really, really good, great senses of humor and Syrians tend to be healers in this lifetime. So yeah, well, that's what I do. Drop the- that's <laughs> exactly. what I do. I'm a healer. That's what I do. 
Exactly. So ding, 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 ding. Sorry, I just had to insert that okay. as well. Um, so, so yeah, so moving on to Orions. Um, Orions are awesome, and they also are from a, a system that we can see in the sky. So Orion is actually, you know, part of the Orion belt in the constellation. So another one that a lot of Orion's uh, lineages tend to love the stars and you know, constellations, and it's one of those ones that they can actually look out into the sky and see. So Orions are known for being honestly kind of smarty pants. <laughs> They're very, very highly intelligent. Um, obviously, I said that Sirians are as well, and I would say pretty much most Sarsis are because obviously they have knowledge that our human form can't even understand, so they're all intelligent. But Orions are really really the most intelligent ones. They're known for being smart. They're kind of always the people um, that are just known for being either smart alky or, or kind of like bookish um, and to the point where they can rub people the wrong way. <laughs> they tend to kind of always have to be the one that always needs to be right. And um, they're really logical. So they sometimes have a hard time uh, understanding why humans react the way they are. So they really aren't ruled by their emotions. They're ruled by logic. So, um, some people think that that's part of why someone with an Orion lineage would want to incarnate on Earth because uh, they want to learn how we actually feel because they, they just can't comprehend it. So um, <laughs> a lot of their life journey on the moat. Um, so, yeah, they're very, very logical. They can sometimes be hard to befriend or be in a relationship with because um, if you're also not logically minded, then – I don't know. It's kind of hard. You know, I'm a person who wears my heart on the sleeve, very empathic. You know, most of my circle and friends and close ones are the same way. So um, a lot of times there is a kind of friction there with not understanding uh, how someone could be ruled by their heart and not the mind, um, which is interesting. Um, And they tend to be uh, perfectionists as well, um, which happens, you know, to the best of us. Um, And they tend to be really competitive as well. But they have great humor, great wit. Very, very, very intelligent, but just very logically minded, which is I find fascinating. I definitely think I know some people that could fit into that bucket. <laughs> oh well, sure. okay, okay. Yeah. So, what about the Andromedans? Andromedans, yes, I love Andromedans. Um, what do I want to say about Andromedans? They are also, well, like I said, like I keep saying for everyone, very, very intelligent. Um, another. Uh, another, I don't want to say race, another lineage where people tend to be very um, just enamored with the sky. Um, they really, really do feel homesick. So another cool thing about Andromedons is they really are a very freedom focused. So kind of like you were mentioning, you don't really like rules or regulations. That's kind of the entire, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I would say, characteristic of Andromedons. They're known as like a free spirit. They're the person who will drop everything and quit their job you know, drive across the country or move across the world. They just really aren't, you know, they don't have, um, they're not chained down by the confines of society. They are, you know, they don't, they don't think themselves into a certain way or put themselves into a box. They really are those people who think, I can do anything, I'm going to do anything, um, you know, dare me type of people, which is awesome. Um, they really, really love freedom and the, the freeness that comes with being on Earth. They definitely are one of the lineages that just loves, loves Earth. Um, and, yeah, they're just really, again, highly empathic beings, intelligent, um, and they also just really love to empower other people. So not only are they, like, free spirits, but they love to interact with others and really help them along their journey on Earth. So they're definitely helpers as well. Okay. And um, is it Lyrans or Lyrans? Um, I say Lyrans, but I've heard 
you can pronounce them both, and I can't con- confirm one way or the other, so you can say it either way you'd like. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I do say Lyrans. Um, but yeah, Lyrans are super, super interesting. So these are, uh, they're really leader types. They tend to be, um, whether they want to or not, they tend to be in charge of things. They've really got really, really interesting um, just an air about them that screams like I'm, I'm I'm responsible. I have you know this responsibility. You can trust me. So whether or not it's like actual like political office or just you know a, a reading club, they tend to somehow become in charge of things, um, which is really cool. They're also known as being just really really courageous people and strong wills. So they're the type of people that will go to bat for anything they feel is right or wrong. They love to prove you why you're you know you're right or you're wrong. Just really strong willed, really interesting people. Um, they also tend to be trendsetters in a way. So um, they tend to be, or actually, that may not even be the right word. They're like above, like before the trend. So they, they really march their own, be their own drum. And they somehow are always ahead of the trend, ahead of the curve. Um, you know, something is cool, you know, now they were wearing it last year. They're just really kind of ahead of the times, And really just like a trusted, always like, um, I would say, yeah, a really trusted resource in people's lives. Um, they do actually, they might relate to this, they really don't care a lot about outer space. They don't really have that deep longing for outer space. Um, I, I believe this is because there has been a lot of uh, historically issues on their planet, and so a lot of the Lyrians uh, were apparently moved from their planet to another, and there was a lot of war and destruction, so they actually aren't missing their home. They're happy to be on Earth, which is why they embrace, you know, the free spirit of this. They, they just love Earth because um, it's a beautiful, happy planet, and it's not war-torn and, you know, awful from where they originally came, um, which is interesting. However, they still also are confused by human life and the confines of it. And um, uh, uh, well, actually, a lot of starseeds, this is a shared trait, so it's not just for, for the lions. Um, sometimes they just have trouble with everyday 3D human life, you know. Um, you know. Are you there? Just for a minute. <clears throat> Whitney, are you there? What happened to Whitney? <laughs> Let me text her. See what happened. Her call dropped. Oh, see. Whitney, are you there? I'm going to text her. I don't think it's anything I did, but let's see. So she says, um, yeah. So the next one is Arcturians. Um, they live on Arcturus in the Buddhist, Buddhist constellation and are highly intelligent math whizzes. <clears throat> I had somebody on. Um, oh, okay, she's back. <clears throat> I, I'm so. <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. We got you. All right. So, um, all right, so let's talk about the Arcturians. Yes, Arcturians. 
Yes, sorry. I don't know how long I was talking to myself there for. I <laughs> probably a while, probably. Um, sorry. Okay. Well, Arcturians are amazing as well. Um, they're really, really strong communicators. That's kind of their biggest trait is being a strong communicator. Um, they're known for having really, really good advice that they give people. So um, they're just known as this trusted resource that people can come to and get really, really solid advice. Um, they tend to be really, you know, close to the heart with their relationships and their friends. So they don't tend to have a lot of friends, but they have a lot or they don't have a lot of friends, but they, the friends they have are very close. So, you know, it's that whole thing about, you know, quality versus quantity, I suppose. Um, but they also have really strong personalities, which can sometimes uh, be a little off-putting to people. They know what they want. Uh, they're strong and powerful people, and so they don't take a lot of, you know, questioning. And, and they, they don't really think questions. They, they know what they want, and they're going to do it. So that sometimes can rub people the wrong way, which makes sense. Um, and other than that, they're known as just having a really strong purpose because they've come to Earth to help us. So um, that's also why they're known for being really, you know, giving good advice. They love to take people under their wing and teach them, you know, their ways and their wisdom. Um, but they just don't do that for anyone. You need to be really uh, approved by them before they just let you in. So, yeah, mm, they're really, really okay. interesting people. Mm, yeah. Okay. You know, I had a guest on, I don't really remember which guest it was, but um, they were talking about how um, really aliens seeded our planet. And that's really where we all came from, from the beginning of time. And that different mm -hmm. um, alien groups seeded different places, which would account for mm -hmm. the looks, you know, that, you know, Asian people look different than African people look different than American people look different than, you know, it's, it's everybody, Eskimo people or whatever. <clears throat> so what are your feelings about that? Um, I've, I've heard all about it. I've read all about it. And it really does uh, resonate with me. I, I honestly think that they're – obviously, I can't prove it myself, but it really – when I heard that, it really resonated with me. I feel like it probably – is true. Um, I don't want to sound like I've watched too many episodes of what is it, Ancient Aliens, which I've never watched. Uh, I've watched, yeah. but I, watch I really it. have, you know, okay, good. Well, I'm fully in that world. You know, I really do believe that the aliens have been helping us humanity all along. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I will go down that rabbit hole and I, you know, how did the pyramids get made if not for help from someone else? So I really do believe they've had a hand in our humanity since the very beginning. So, yeah, I, I, yes, I think that that's probably true. Yeah. It's okay. fascinating. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> so what else? Um, so let's talk about, I'm going through your book. Yeah, we've, we've kind of oh, touched yeah. on these. Um, <clears throat> why do we love, why do starseeds love animals? I think because they just have a <clears throat> sorry, I'm scratching my throat. Um, just a general appreciation for life on Earth. So they don't see, you know, humans and animals, but they just see a living being and they want to help. I think it has to do mm -hmm. with just their nature of wanting to help everyone on Earth. And so to them, it's like they'll help the people, they'll help the animals, they'll help, you know, you know, with the latest, you know, environmental situation. They really just want to help Earth thrive. Um, which I find fascinating. So I think it does just kind of lend itself to animals in that way. Um, but also they have been known for, you know, definitely having pets as well, which I, right. I don't have any right now, probably because of my apartment. 
I do think that that's also a common trait is definitely, mm. yeah, a love of mm. animals. Interesting. Mm. Right. Yeah, I love, yeah. I mean, to me, animals are, you know, some people see animals as less than humans. I see animals, I see trees, I see anything living as equal to us. Um, so, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's refreshing to hear this because I don't find a lot of people who uh, absolutely <laughs> agree with that. But I know you mentioned early in, when you're reading my bio that, you know, I'm a Reiki master. And so I also am very, very into energy. And so, yeah, everything you're saying totally rings true for me. And I, you know, everything is energy. And so, yeah, I agree. <laughs> right. I That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I love animals yeah. too. I And I don't have any either in my home, but I, I absolutely, I mean, animals, just I look into their eyes and I see their soul and I just, you know, to me, there's Absolutely. like something super strong there. <clears throat> so what else can you tell us about star seeds? Yeah. Well, let's see. I can talk about some of the unique abilities that they have, which are, are a little different than just the shared traits because, you know, sure. Being empathic is definitely something that a lot of people can relate to, but star seeds actually tend to have some of the, you know, maybe more paranormal <laughs> psychic abilities as well. So I can some of those if you're interested. <laughs> mhm. Absolutely. Um, all right. So the, number, the first one, which I think a lot of us probably can relate to, is just a really, really strong sense of intuition and a connection with that, with your intuition. So um, some starseeds end up, you know, and I, oh, I should note this as well. Um, in terms of starseeds, you know, some people will go through their entire life never realizing that they're a starseed, which is totally okay. Um, some people are born with this knowledge and they know, and, you know, there's children saying, oh, I, I lived on, you know, Sirius or whatever. And it's like, that's, you know, that's fascinating. And then more of us, I would say, um, come to realize it later in life. So it could be either, you know, in meditation, it could be you heard the term starseed and Googled it and, and it resonated with you. Or, you know, some people have reported realizing this, you know, their, their star lineage in a near-death experience or some kind of trauma. Lots of ways to wake up into it, but um, even if you don't, that's okay. You, you know, you're still here on this planet, and your you know your soul is learning the lessons it needs to learn, and you're you know, imparting your you know your imprint on the earth. So it's not like no one should worry about if, if they're going to realize it or not. Um, but strong intuition is just an example of something that a lot of us have, and a lot of us have actually had to hold. I feel like I'm constantly trying to hold this goal, you know, all the time, make it better. Um, but some star seeds literally like from birth, just this connection to their intuition or, you know, a bunch of other skills that I can go through as well. So um, another one is just clairvoyance. So, uh, you know, across the board, uh, intuitive, you know, hearing, thinking things. So it could be anything like anything as extreme as like knowing things that are going to happen before they happen to hearing things that other people don't hear to, you know, communicating with people on the other side and spirits um, to just knowing things intuitively. Uh, you know, there's a whole fan of, you know, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance. So they tend to have these uh, extra, you know, sensory situations and um, one or the other or a couple, sometimes a couple. And, of course, they can either, you know, hone them over their lifetime and, and get better at them or they can be born and just have these skills at the ready, which I think is fascinating and awesome. <laughs> so yeah. that's definitely one too. Mm. Um, yeah. Another one would be uh, – yeah, please continue. No, I w I'm listening to you. I want to hear what you have to oh, okay. say. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, another one is just uh, 
tied to that is, you know, being able to perceive people's auras, feeling energy, or even having access to past life memories, which is um, again, it's like not everyone is born with this, and sometimes, I mean, with any spiritual, you know, it's, it's, sometimes you know it, sometimes you wake up into it, and sometimes it's a skill you have to hone, but that is another common, and which is why, um, you know, having past life memories must be really trippy to have those past life memories be on other planets, and I, I can't <laughs> even imagine what it would be like to be, to just have that knowledge. I think that would be yeah. a cool reassurance and just, you know, really set up your life for, you know, what you're going to do here. Which is cool. Um, another one is just really, really vivid, intense, and enlightening dreams. So uh, they could be, you know, kind of have those like the psychic nature to them, where they they let you know something that's going to happen, or they could just be very, you know, they they could you know, like like a puzzle, you know, tell you things that you need to know in your journey. Um, and also, I will say, and I don't know how much you've talked about this on the show before, but I know some people believe that you know when you dream, you're actually entering either you know a different state or sometimes different dimensions. And I do know that some starseeds have reported you know in their sleep, you know, visiting these places that they came from or communicating hmm. with their star lineage in their sleep, which I th- I haven't experienced yet, but I think that's very fascinating. Yeah, um, I would love so to have that. Could huh? be major. I know, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, another just shared example, um, a lot of them are, you know, healers and light workers. So a lot of Starseeds are just drawn to the to, to healing, which I think is so cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's something a lot of us, a lot of people listening to the show can obviously relate to. It is yes. another uh, shared, shared trait. <laughs> and Absolutely. General, I think um, a lot of just like, you know, telepathy, any, anything you know, um, not of the normal paranormal, they definitely do have a tie to that. And so, um, yeah, they can, they can access things that not all of us can access so easily, which is, I just think very cool. How did you get interested in, yeah. How did you get interested in, um, star seeds? Oh yeah. Actually, um, it was, I think I mentioned that I just I like to study a lot. My over the years, you know, my interest and I, my job is actually very interesting. Um, you know, my job, my day job is working, you know, in the news and pop culture and the headlines. And while that day job is fine and fun, um, you know, my soul really wanted to learn more. And so I'd say the past 10, 15 years has just been a journey of me, you know, diving into all these different, you know, types of healing modalities and spirituality, which has been really great. And so Starseeds kept popping up here and there. It's something I thought was, oh, that's cool. Um, and then actually my Reiki uh, teacher, really got into it. She actually had this like moment where she communicated with these beings and started. And so she's the one that first turned me on to star seeds and were telling me about her experience, which I thought was so fascinating. So she was the first person to turn me on to it and kind of explain. And then from there, kind of also races, <laughs> you know, um, as with anyone, I don't know, with a new hobby, I suppose. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was the first spark. And that was a couple, gosh, a couple of years ago three or four years ago. So, yeah, it's been a while that I've been um, investigating this. Hmm. Wow. Well, love the topic. <laughs> I think it's I think it's super cool. So we talked about um, being from places that are in our constellation, but, of course, um, there's so many more places that we could be from, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. You know, because right. I mean, our con- we're, our our universe, our constellation is small compared to the vastness of. Um, I don't even know what you call it, <clears throat> the cosmos, maybe. 
the cosmos. Yes. Yeah, the cosmos. Yeah. I had somebody. Yeah. I had a get. Yeah, I had a guest on who um, talked to somebody who was um, from the Pleiades. Yes. And actually, they channeled the the Pleiades. Um, it was a group. And so one of the questions I, I asked the um, entity or entities was, you know, mm-hmm. you say your energy, but how could you be from a place? And they said, well, we say that because humans need to be able to relate to a concrete thought. So we're just yes. energy, but we tell you we're from the yes. Pleiades because that way you can, <laughs> think, you can think of us as being part of something. So I thought that yes. was really, really interesting. Um, oh, it was, it was fun so talking. Cool you got that channeled. Yeah, it was fun talking to that person. It really was. I really enjoyed that conversation. That's fascinating. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. I've heard, um, I haven't ha- been told this by anyone yet, but I've heard of channeling where similar sentiment has been said, which is like, basically it's being saying, I look like humanoid, I look like a human because we don't want to scare you and it's comforting to you, but, you know, this isn't necessarily our true form. And just to quickly mention my, I have another book that I wrote in the same series about the Akashic Records, um, which is a whole other topic you can talk a lot about, but basically um, there are no records, there's no whole of your records. It's basically something that humans, our brains put together because we can't comprehend that this information we're receiving is in a different dimension. So I think there's a lot of things across everything um, that we have our, you know, human version of, our interpretation of, but that isn't necessarily the way it is. So that's fascinating. And I love that you had that confirmed in a channeling from Pleiadian. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. I mean, and the story about how that, how they started hearing that was really amazing, but I'm not going to go into that because I want to talk about you and your book. Um, (laughs) So you talk about understanding different dimensions. I'm so enthralled with this topic. Um, and you talk about time, parallel universes, superstring theory. Time, um, you say, is often referred to as fourth dimension, meaning it's another way in which we can measure and move through reality. Time is yes. so, I am so uncomfortable with time, I can't even tell you. Um, <laughs> I, you I can know, relate. Can you? I mean, it's like to know that I have to do or be somewhere at a time is just, even though I can do it, um, it's just uncomfortable. It's like, don't, don't tell me I have to be there. That's, you know, I don't want to listen to that. So right now we're in the third dimension, but we are moving towards the fifth. What is the fourth dimension? Well, you did a perfect, you described it perfectly, which it is, you know, um, a measurement or as I see it, a measurement of time and space. And so what you're saying about hating time, that is a common trait that I didn't go over of, of starseeds, which is that they hate time. They hate the concept of time. They hate being told where to be and when. They hate clocking in, clocking out, like absolutely hate it. So that's very funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. But in general, I agree. Time <laughs> freaks me out as well. It, it really is interesting. However, it kind of has started to comfort me in a way, which is that, um, you know, if time, well, they say that, you know, if you're in the fifth dimension or fourth dimension or any dimension beyond what we're in here on earth, uh, time is very different to them. And allegedly or apparently, or people believe uh, that all time that we're experiencing right now is 
all happening at once actually from another dimension, but we're just experiencing it in this very slow way on Earth, um, which I the first time I heard that, I really freaked out, and then I kind of it comforted me, which I'm like, okay, so maybe you know the past is the past is the past, and the future is the future, and I guess I don't need to worry about my day to day because it's all the same day anyway. I don't know. I it really right. <laughs> it is it's all, and, right. And it somehow comforts me. <laughs> they say that yeah, Very, everything that happened in the yeah. past and everything that happened in the future is all happening right now. So we can't wrap our head right. around that. Our brain does not no. go there. What's what's the super string theory? Oh my gosh, I honestly do not want to try to rephrase that to you because that went through so many edits. I <laughs> very difficult. Oh, okay. I don't have a degree in science. Um, okay. It's very, very trippy and very out there. Um, okay. But yeah, I think it's very fascinating. Definitely read it. It's it's worded all properly in the book, but yeah, it's very out there stuff, and the whole point of this book was to be introductory, and so we went back and forth about whether or not we were even going to cut that because it was a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> out there, but strength theory okay. is super fascinating. The dimensions are super fascinating. I mean, even writing this book, you know, um, from a human perspective, you know, I'm saying like, uh, you know, this this star lineage is they're generally in the 11th dimension, and this one's in the seventh. And it's like, as a human, I can write those words, but I could never comprehend what that actually means. The differences in dimensions, which is why, I, yeah, I find definitely check it out in my book or online. String theory is very fascinating, but very very complex. As well. Okay, all right, okay. So we won't we won't put you on the spot there. I appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, let's funny. see. The Pleiades. You, oh, this is also referred to as the Seven Sisters. And it's very easy yes. to see the Pleiades. Um, Amer- Native American story of the Pleiades. You talk about some different um, Native Americans who um, are, or their origin is in the Pleiades, right? Is that what I'm seeing here? Yes. Yeah, that was one of the really fascinating things I loved putting together about this book. Um, I had a lot of experience in just like, you know, creation times and ancient Egypt and, um, you know, that kind of lore. Uh, So, you know, talking about really, it was really cool to connect the stories that I had grown up with, with actual planets and stars in the sky. So that was for Pleiades actually shows up in a lot of different um, ancient lore. So the Greeks as well, but Native Americans as well. So uh, different Native American tribes all had very similar stories about the Pleiades, which is fascinating to me. Um, so basically, the story of the Seven Sisters is that uh, they were all the daughters of Atlas, this Greek god, um, and they had uh, they were called the Heavenly Sisters, basically. And that, <laughs> that as in many Greek mythology, there are a little gruesome, sad stories. So sorry in advance. So basically, the Atlas fought alongside um, Zeus and lost. And so Zeus then sentenced him to hold up the celestial heavens for all eternity. And the daughters were so sad, the seven sisters, that they went up to the sky and that Zeus took pity on them and allowed them to live among the stars so that they could be with their game, um, which I thought Aww. was very nice, but also also sad. But then in Native Americans, uh, they had similar stories to this, obviously not the Greek gods, but in general, um, so one of them was that uh, basically that the Pleiades will return to the earth once that they've lived their full lives on earth, and they believe that the humans should be 
protecting this planet, which I thought was really cool. Uh, the Kiowa Nation suggested this, that they were seven little girls, actually, instead of uh, little, you know, sister women, and that they – this is actually very famous, and so um, people might know this already, if they're, especially if they're local to Wyoming. But basically, these little girls were chased by a bear onto the low rock, and then they prayed and prayed for the rock to save them from these bears. And suddenly the rock grew super high into the sky until the girls rested there, and then they became the Pleiades. And so that rock that is so huge is actually um, Devil's Tower in Wyoming, um, which has long grooves all along the sides of it, which uh, the lore is that it was the bears scratching at these girls, and that's what bring all the like long, uh, the long lines in, in this Devil's Rock, which I thought was really cool. Um, so, yeah, in researching for the book, it was <clears> so interesting that different – um, the different stories and myths and lore that different parts of the world have about the sky and how they all did tend to connect and all, had all these similarities. I just thought it was so fascinating, um, which could be, you know, bring us back to what you mentioned about, uh, you know, aliens coming to Earth and putting different, you know, people around. And that's like maybe it is all this shared knowledge that we're coming back to full circle. Um, so it's really interesting. Wow. It is. It's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I wonder if um... – you know, I've heard, of course, nobody really knows the truth about this because we right. just don't, but um, right. they, I've heard that sometimes we incarnate on planet, sometimes we incarnate here, sometimes, you know, that we may have several different uh, places that we incarnate from. So we may not mm-hmm. necessarily have lived an entire um, I don't know if they call it a life or let's just call it an existence on mm-hmm. uh, one of these, you know, one of these planets or stars. So um, what do you think about that? Definitely. I definitely think that could be true. Um, yeah. I, like I said earlier, I definitely know people who strongly believe and have connected to star beings in different star systems. So that, that to them is proof that they have lived, you know, existences on both. Um, I personally have not figured that out yet for myself, but you never say never, mm-hmm. you never know. Um, but yeah, I definitely believe that we could have different existences on different, you know, planets and different lifetimes or, or however you want to phrase it. Yeah, I think that's 100% a possibility. Yes. Hmm. So do you think, um, I hear that we're entering the fifth dimension and some of us are actually in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, one of my guests said, you know, if, if you're somebody, you know how you put things down and then you go to look for it and it's not there and you look everywhere and then you come back and there it is. She's like, that's because you're in one dimension when you do it and another when you're looking for it. So <laughs> that happens to Whoa. me every day, every day. Oh, I'm like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And I'm looking all over my desk. Where's my phone? I'm looking all over the house. I come back. I sit down. There it is. Like crazy, crazy. I feel like I'm going insane. For sure. I'm definitely a believer in that. And I do think, you know, 5D is, yeah, another hard thing that I think is hard for humans to comprehend. But I do generally believe, I think, at this point, that you can hop in and out of different dimensions and that, yeah, um, you could jump in and out of 5D, which I think is super interesting. I also don't know enough about it to definitely say, like, today I'm in 5D or anything like that. Yeah. Definitely, I've read a lot about that, and I do think that that's, there's got to be some truth to it because I definitely. Yeah. Are you there? Are you there? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Um, you text her. She we lost her again. She dropped. What is going on with this? Just looking through this book. Getting and healing. The life cycle of a star seed. Oh, let's talk about that. Okay, she's back. Okay, we dropped you again. All right, you're back. I'm Are back. You? No, you're back. No. Okay. Okay. So the life cycle of a star seed can vary greatly depending on when someone actually discovers their star lineage. So phase one, a soul's decision. So what is, um, let's go through these phases. What happens during phase one? Uh, Well, phase one is really just, you know, I guess pre-incarnation. So, you know, it's when you're, you or your soul or however you want to phrase this decided in uh, you know your previous lifetime that you wanted to incarnate here on earth so that would be phase one um yeah and like you said there could be many many reasons why they would choose to do this um but that really is step one in in a life cycle of, of star seeds and then you're born into this world um you're born into this world as a human as uh you know a three-dimensional human being and so for the majority it is you know not something you're born knowing like i said definitely there are people who are born knowing and i do think you know um like they say you know star seeds and indigo children and all of these people you know they do they do believe that there's more of us now um on the planet now because the planet needs us now so that is also Mm -hmm. something to note and so, so I do think that, you know, maybe with the younger generations, maybe they are born with more of a knowledge of this. But um, I think it's newer that people would be born with a full concept of, like, I, I, you know, I once lived on Sirius or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, phase one is your soul's decision. You are deciding whether or not to be there. And you know at that point that you are agreeing to live a fully human life. And so you know that you are going to forget your past lives while you are incarnated on earth. So um, it's, you know, you're, you're totally okay with it when you signed up for it, which I know some star seeds are like, oh, my gosh, why did I decide to do this? I hate <laughs> her. You know, what, what the heck? Um, but right. you, you did it. You decided to do it. So, um, so I guess trust, trust your, you know, higher self that you knew what you were doing when you did that. Um, you know, and, then, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What's, what's different is um, – you know, what's different about this is when we think about um, being a human and going through the cycles of um, passing over, <laughs> crossing into another dimension or, you know, whatever, passing on. Um, <clears throat> we think about coming here to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the human experience, I think, for coming to Earth. And but what the impression I'm getting is when star seeds come to earth, it's not for them to learn and grow. It's for them to teach, right? Is that more of the concept? Yes, definitely. And like I said, I, th- I do think it varies based on the actual lineage because there are certain types of star seeds who, like I said, like some of them are logically minded and, and so they want to learn more about the human experience. But for the most part, yeah, they're coming here to help earth. They're, you know, they want to raise us into, you know, the 5D, it's the crystalline earth, you know, they really, I think, know the potential that earth has, and so they're coming here to help us get there. Um, it, it really, it like, warms my heart to think that there are these beings that, like, signed up for to live an entire life on earth because they want to just elevate us. Um, mm. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. 
It is a cool concept. Okay, so phase two is awakening and healing. Yes. So basically, everything can happen at any point in a starseed's life, like I said. Could be be any time, potentially never. Um, But basically, you suddenly learn of your lineage, or you have heard, like I said, turn the, heard the term starseed and thought, hmm, what is that? that? That resonates with me. Or maybe you saw a documentary, or I don't know. A like TikTok, today. Maybe say, yes. Right. Today could be phase two for many people. I hope so. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Right. You mm-hmm. hear about it, and something resonates with you. And so that really is the next phase of, like, this is a thing. This, I, I'm this. And, you know, some people are immediately, like, this resonates with me and like head first into it. And other people, you know, it might take some reckoning. It might take some, you know, you might not totally believe in, you know, a, a number of things, you know, life on outside of the planet or, you know, multiple lifetimes or things like that. So um, it might take you some time to get there or get used to it, but eventually you'll eventually go to phase three, which is fulfilling the mission of a star seed. So, um, it does take a while sometimes to get there sometimes. And I, I write about in the book, like ways to express yourself love and like just really embrace yourself because let's be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm a lady who wrote a book about aliens, you know, it's like uh, <laughs> for a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's hard to believe it's hard to, you know, reckon with, am I really this? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it takes a little while to get there, but once you're there, you really begin to brace this lineage. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's just, it's just a reassurance. It's like, oh, that's why I am the way I am. That's why I act this way. It, it really kind of helps fuel you and, and change the way that you view the world, really. I mean, I mean, what, what, how can you change your view of the world more than realize that, like, you aren't from here? Um, but it really changes everything. Um, and so it's great. And so then once you kind of realize I'm a starseed, um, your mission is already be- becoming to be fulfilled. So um, I also want people to realize that if you are a starseed and you resonate with that, you don't have to, you know, actively feel like you're saving the world every day. Like, just you like recognizing that and being that and working on yourself and healing yourself ultimately, you know, does, you know, increase the vibration of the world and it does have an impact on other people, either around you physical proximity wise or people, you know, you know, um, they learn by example. They, you know, so realistically um, you can be just knowing your starseed is doing the work and is helping. You don't have to suddenly, you know, um, whatever it is, you don't have to, you know, protest some eco thing or, you know, Whatever it is, you don't have to – don't feel like you're suddenly, like, have to be a superhero, you know, just living your day-to-day life and working on yourself is doing the work and is fulfilling the mission. So, hmm. so yeah, it's really – these three can be varying. You know, it can be, you know, jumping into some other work. Sometimes phase three is, you know, like the smallest fear of Starseed is, wow – what I'm doing is not working for me. It's not fulfilling my goals. It isn't in line with my, my star lineage and, you know, quit the job and start something else. It can look like that, but it can also just be, you know, an inner journey of healing and working on yourself. And, you know, that also helps the world. So I really don't want people to be too stressed out about your star seed and you're you're here to fix the planet. It's like, yes, wow. Relax. You know? Right, right. And generally, you know, if you are a starseed, you probably are in a helping kind of business or field or whatever. So, and then exactly. phase four, you call it death, but you say, um, you know, that you may choose to live your next life on earth or because you have yes. unfinished business or um, you could decide to train other souls to come to earth. So what are the some of, some of the things yeah. that happen with death? Yeah, I mean... 
it's inevitable, right? We all eventually get to death. And so at that point, right, your your soul is has completed the journey on Earth. And at that point, they can decide to do a couple of things. So yeah, you mentioned they can decide to go back to Earth. They feel like they're, you know, um, either their business is unfinished or, you know, Earth isn't in the place yet where they want it to be, so they want to go back. So, um, or maybe, honestly, maybe they just really love Earth and they want to incarnate on Earth. You know, there are a couple different reasons they could choose to come back to Earth, but many starseeds, you know, have lived multiple lives on Earth. And so um, some people, with, you know, get really into their past life regressions, have reported, you know, um, this is my third cycle of life on Earth, and I live, you know, these cycles on, on planets. So it's definitely possible to come back as a starseed. Um, but actually, you know, doing this work on planet Earth is kind of like a, almost like leveling you up. So you've learned a lot as, as a starseed on Earth, and so you can then, um, you know, be tasked to train and other souls how to come to Earth and kind of like, you know, I guess help out the, the whole starseed situation mm. of, of uh, recruiting more. Um, and also, you know, I, I do believe this is for, you know, starseeds and all of us is that you may be ready to ascend to the higher level. And so maybe you become an angel, a guide, some ascended master or an ascended being of sorts. You know, I do believe that we're all on this planet to grow. And at a certain point, we probably have, you know, learned the lessons of Earth. And so it's time to ascend. So that definitely, definitely can happen to um, starseeds. And then, yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe they're done with Earth and they're over it and they want to go back to their home planet. <laughs> so that's also possible. Or maybe they're like, okay, I've been on my planet, I've been on Earth, time to explore somewhere else. So really, um, it is a point after the, the human death of what's next and there's a variety of things that can happen. So, yeah, it's really interesting to me. This is so cool. Okay, well, we're out of time, but I think we've oh kind of gosh. touched. We've, I know this went really fast. Um, I yeah. think we've pretty much touched on all the fun things about Starseeds. And so your book is The Beginner, Beginner's, Guide, Beginner's Guide to Starseeds, Understanding Star People and Finding Your Own Origins in the Star, and you're Whitney Jefferson Evans. And congratulations on having Simon and Schuster publish this for you that's quite a feat i understand i'm an author i understand what it takes to get published so that's very cool thank you so much i appreciate that so much Uh, so it's fun really fun having you thank you for being my guest today i appreciate it and um we had a good time yes thank you so much for having me really appreciate it okay whitney good luck with this book i hope um I hope it catches fire <laughs> so we can all <laughs> recognize who we are. Thank you for are. having me on to talk about it. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. So we, um, Bye-bye. So we are out of time, but if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 